Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio. Hey, welcome to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. If it's your first time being here, I thank you for being here. The tagline of the show is Live Right in the Real World, where we will show you the real world, both visible and invisible, and then you decide how to live right in it. And ladies and gentlemen, got a really great show for you today. I'm super excited for the guest that I I have and uh yeah, it's, it speaks for itself. Uh, many of my audience know Trey Smith, who's going to be here. But right before I bring him on, uh, I wanted to tell you a, a couple things. You know, it's often said that you can tell where a person's heart is by where they have their money and where they use their wallet. And if you are a patriotic American or Canadian. If you want to, you know, not support, you know, business being overseas and these companies who are poisoning you and you just want to switch stores to a Patriot store, then please go to mylibertystand.com. If the link doesn't work for you, you can send me an email at writeonjeff at gmail.com. But it's right for your family, it's right for your country, and it doesn't cost you any more, folks. It's just switching stores. You know, the other thing is, you know, we can spend money on frivolous things in life. There's all kinds of things. And, you know, when you're in a store, there's always these items right by the cashier and stuff like that. And there's stuff that you didn't plan to buy, but you end up buying them because, well, sometimes they're just tempting. And I want to tell you a couple things that I've spent my money on, and I can't even hold them all with one hand here. But these I bought over a year ago from GodInTheNutshell.com because the teaching has been incredible. And I use these as a reference quite often. And, you know, he's got so much information. He's got so many good films. And quite honestly, I, I think they're getting better and better as we go. And without further ado, uh, let me bring on my guest for today, Trey Smith from GodInTheNutshell.com. Welcome to Right On Radio, Trey. Jeff, that's really an honor. I, I didn't um, I, I didn't know that you had a whole set of those. And I'll, I will send you some more of them. And I'm... Um, I, I hope that they are getting better. I, I um, in terms of so, some of the older ones, I was a little embarrassed about with the audio levels and the, um, they're still kind of a work in progress. But thank you for the kind words. Um, well, it, well, it's true, Trey. And, and you know, when, when I met you in person in, uh, in Nashville a couple of weeks ago, I had told you what I thought was some of your finest teaching uh, that was on there. Cause it really just spoke to my heart and it showed me the depth of God's word. But, you know, I, I, I want to tell you honestly what I believe I've gotten from your ministry and from your filmmaking. And it's really just built my faith up because you show so many evidences of God. And, 
And you've done it at, at great expense, you know, going and finding, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah and, you know, the, the salt that was in to the side banks and stuff like that. And, uh, and, you know, showing those evidences and being in the, in the garden of Gethsemane, uh, you know, all these things for myself who have never been there really support my faith in God and help build it up. So it's been a great encouragement to me, Trey. Thank you. Thank you for that, Jeff. I, yeah, those, those sites are, um, in fact, what would be neat to do that we've, we've never done that I'm, I've, I've talked to some of the guys, in fact, some of the guys that we were there together with about just going and looking at some of that stuff, because um, even, well, let me give you an example. So that, that site of Sodom and Gomorrah, um, I, I did not really know where, where that was. And so I had to know, uh, so in that instance, I had to know uh, Richard Reeves and, and Mike Hughes. And I was literally on the phone with Mike trying to figure out, you know, because it, it's one thing for somebody else to say, you know, no, you just turn off in the desert, man. And you go that way. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and after you've been there once, it'll kind of makes, you know, that, that kind of direction giving makes sense. No, man, just go towards the desert. But you're really not knowing you know, if you, if you don't have somebody to walk you up and say, okay, this is how you find the balls and this is how you claw into the stuff. And, uh, and even where you would go do that at, you know, um, it's going to get frustrating. And, and with that site, so with that, that site in particular, um, man, it's really hot out there. It's you, you, you you'll be thankful to visit it and find the stuff, but also very thankful to leave. You're going to be covered in, you, it, it's like, um, a white ash type stuff and it will be all over you and um and you'll be sweating bad by the time you yeah and so it's gonna stick to you <laughs> with it you'll be so thankful to to get out of there and they're they're um pro probably not more than 20 miles away there are hotels and stuff so if you if you so if we were to go with a set of guys you already have your hotel ready and trust me you'll be so thankful to get in there after you You've done the day of it, but um, uh, but but a lot of those sites really have to be credited to uh, to Ron Wyatt, who I, I and he got a lot of stuff wrong, but he got a lot right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that Sodom and Gomorrah site is actually one of the more stunning of the examples because you, you really can. Um, first of all, it's not terribly difficult to get to. But second of all, you really can go and have one of these little things in your hand. And, you know, how else are you going to get that? <laughs> yeah, and it's endless supply. Like, you know, God really did take out Sodom and Gomorrah with his hell and brimstone, right? It's almost, okay, so the speculation there is that it's like overkill. So that the ones, so that whole area, so that one that, that I normally go to is um, is believed to be Gomorrah. It's the easier one to get to of the four. and. Um, yeah, and those balls are right in there. You just start clawing into it, and they're kind of in little shells. Like, um, uh, so you kind of crack them open, and they're in a, a little shell. And uh, so, and it, it's very, it's like 97, 98% pure sulfur, which isn't natural. Even volcanoes don't produce it. So it, it, it's, it's, um, uh, and, and they end, so they're, they're just in those ashen kind of ruins. And those ruins, by the way, 
the, sort of the center of them. So the things you're looking at that we say, well, maybe that's a building or maybe that's a, <coughs> those are kind of on the outskirts. The center is like a, um, a ground, like something hit it where whatever was there isn't there. And what you're looking at is kind of the edges of whatever that town is and the remains of it. That's what you're clawing through. Well, you know, it's, it doesn't sound like it would be a natural phenomenon. That's, that's God's hand. And, you know, just like, you know, recently now they've had uh, underwater divers where the Red Sea was parted and they're finding wagon wheels, right? You know, which is what you'd expect to find. It, it would be nice in the future, Jeff. It would be nice in the future to actually find that stuff. So um, pro probably the most substantial of the, um, and I can send a link to it, um, uh, of the of the documented uh, footage comes from a, a doctor and his wife that were Swiss. And they went through a lot of trouble out there with the Egyptian government. They rented a boat for a number of days. And um, this was back in the 90s. And they tried to take the footage away from him. But some of the more dramatic footage, you have those wagon wheel shapes that are under the water uh, actually come from him. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, um, um, well, it, it's that. So, so in Ron's case, he had some photos. People claim that the photos were made up. Now, I don't believe that, but it's it's hard in the instance of the Swiss doctor to state that it was made up because it's simply not. He was finding those same those same formations down there. Coral tends to grow on something. So here's the theory that coral grew on those chariots or those, those, those wheels that were down there in different objects and kind of retained the shape of them. So even if the underlying object is gone, in this case, a chariot, it still left these kind of bloom looking. That's not a natural coral formation. It looks like a chariot spun side. Right. Yeah, and, and you have to remember when when the water did cave in, you got to think that a lot of dirt went over a lot of stuff as well. Like they, you know, and it's been a couple thousand years as well. So, uh, but you know, with geometric surveying and stuff like that, they're starting to find things. It, it, listen, it just never makes mainstream. Just like Ron Wyatt stuff, like you'd think that would have been mainstream. You know, finding the Ark and and uh, you know. And and even well, the Ark of the Covenant. Did he actually find that? What 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 do you think about that? I um, y you know, that's a great question, Jeff. I was looking at that the other day, and I really don't know the answer. I um, okay. So probably the best phrasing of that is, I believe that Ron believed it. That there's some elements of that story. Uh, well, let me tell you two things about that. I, I think that any way that you cut it that the Israeli government does have uh, that Ark of the Covenant. Um, now, did it come from where Ron was looking or did it come from an earlier time where they, um, um, where because there, there are reports from uh, about five or six years before Ron that they were doing construction and they burst through a wall and, um, and those guys went to their deathbed stating the Ark was in there and a bunch of other construction workers. Now, in Ron's case, um, th there's a part of me that thinks that it might have been just something that the Lord showed him because I've listened. 
I've listened to all the different versions. He went from church to church and gave this. And on his deathbed, he was telling people, no, I found the ark. And I, and I, Jeff, I, I honestly don't know because he, he wasn't able to take anybody else and show it to him. And I have this weird and, and um, I would almost have to put together a presentation to show you what I'm talking about, because in one instance, he's so excited that he's found this. And you can tell that he's no, it's right there. But yet he couldn't take somebody. It is almost like a, where is it? when he would take, when he tried to take other people. And this is sort of the, the testimony of the people that were closest to him. So um, when you talk, talk to people like Mike Hughes and other people, they'll, they'll state, well, so we thought maybe they had collapsed in some of the cave where he was because he was sent home after that. Um, and now we just can't find the, you know, the cavernous area where he went into. Maybe they cleared the stuff out and maybe they blasted it in. And that's why we can't find it because it's all sorts of little holes you're, you're, you're wiggling through to get to these rooms. Um, there is another possibility, Jeff, and it's one that <coughs> it's, it's one that in watching some of his tapes, I thought to myself, what if the Lord, because his story He's crawling in a hole and he believed mm -hmm. that, that this crack that he saw above him led straight up to where the cross holes were. And this excited him so much that he believed that he had blacked out. And every one of his stories begins with that. He sees this crack. He's crawling through this thing that would terrify anybody to crawl through. And, uh, and then he said, and it excited me so much because I believe that was the blood of Jesus that I just passed out. Then he wakes up and goes into this chamber where he has this really dramatic experience that includes angels and yeah. you know, angels come out. And I thought to myself, you know, what if he looked at that crack and right there when he blacked out, he didn't wake up and crawl into a next chamber. He just really believed he did. And, and I don't know the answer to that. So, so Jeff, I, I mean, on one end, you could say maybe he just had this really intense vision, but on the other end of it, um, you know, maybe he really crawled in the room where the Ark of the Covenant was. I believe that he, I don't believe he lied to us. No, I don't think so either. He he had too much integrity to tell a lie like that. And, you know, I never thought about this till just now as we're having the conversation, but uh, part of my testimony, Trey, is, uh, you know, probably about three years into being born again, the Lord brought me up into the thousand-year reign when his kingdom has come down here on earth. And I walked along the road with Jesus, and he talked to me, gave me a very personal message. But it wasn't like I went through the stars or had to go in. I was just brought there. And right. it was maybe five, ten minutes. And, and I just wonder if at that moment he was just brought there. It, that's what I'm thinking, Jeff, because that's a perfect example because and 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 if if a person had not gone gone through what you're describing right there, where the Lord showed you something and you're there and you're walking which it sounds like in your in your mm -hmm. testimony, and you're like, wow, this is how do you um so was that real? Was it not real? was it how do you define real at that moment? And well, um, 
you know what? It's a, it's good to ask that question because I've contemplated this and, you know, sometimes I've kind of doubted even if it happened, but you know, it was, it was about 20 years ago. And if I was an artist, I'd be able to draw out exactly what I saw to detail to this day. It's burnt in my mind. So it wasn't just a, a dream that goes away or anything. It was a real experience. I can hear Jesus's words still, you know, um, and that, that's how I define it. Like it, there's no other, there's no, we don't have enough words in the English language to describe things that happen in the spirit. Right, right. Um, I, I, I do have a speculation, Jeff, that that's what happened there, that, um, that that was the thing he was the most excited about, and the Lord went ahead and showed it to him. <clears throat> I think I think there's a, a sizable possibility that um, see because from Ron Wyatt, people were so used to having a physical object to uh, to look at and touch and feel. I I have a feeling that he saw something in there that the Lord showed him something that just excited him beyond belief. Um but it was not something he could go produce to other people. And, and in a sense, it, um, um, it, it really played a great role in a lot of even his own friends um, bad-mouthing him because he, uh, he just couldn't produce it. But when you listen to him, he, he believed that he had been there with it. And, um, on the flip side of it, Jeff, it, you know, I, I do want to notate this, that uh, though that's a distinct possibility from the guys that knew him close, it is also a distinct possibility that he entered a chamber. And um, I mean, th there are some strange military things that happened. They did send him home. So he, he was taken uh, to his hotel room. He was... Um, not allowed to go back to the site on that trip. He was allowed to come back afterwards. And the people closest to him believe that, um, well, some of them believe that during those two things that a lot of those chambers that they had uncovered and uh, things they had bored through had been blasted in. So you could no longer um, get to them. And, um, so, and part of Ron's story was that there was a set of tunnels behind where that chamber was because <clears throat> there, there are tunnels all over down there and that he believed you could get to that, that chamber far more easily through a tunnel you, you could have just walked through. Mm. So there are guys that believe that that stuff was cleared out and it was blasted in by the Israeli government and that there's really no... Brother, there's just no way to know either way. Um, when I just use common logic and deduction, you know, something as valuable as the Ark of the Covenant, I don't think someone just kind of hid it in a cave and left it there and they, and then society forgot where it is. I it just, it, it, that doesn't make sense. Someone in my estimation, and I'm just guessing obviously, someone or some government has been in charge of this thing the whole time. I, I just, I can't see parking it somewhere and forgetting about it, you know? Uh, 
Well, okay, so I, I I can speak to that a little. Okay, so the theory, okay, so the theory on it is this, is that um, <coughs> the theory on it is this, is that during the days of Solomon, kind of a duplicate was made and sent to Ethiopia, and that that's how they got the one that they, you know, I do believe that they have something there. In fact, there was a firefight the other day about the one in Ethiopia. Some uh, uh, Islamists tried to go in and steal the one in Ethiopia, and a lot of people died. I saw this in an article. Oh, wow. Uh, Might have been just a few weeks ago. But I, my, my belief, no matter where the ark is, is that the box they have is some kind of a duplicate because Solomon never could have given the actual ark as a gift to, uh, to Ethiopia. But they believe that's what they've got. They're Christians, and they're actually stronger Christians than we are here in America in many ways. I've, I've watched yeah. a video of them, and the intent of their heart is to hold it and protect it and give it as a gift when Jesus comes back, which is a wonderful thing. And I will never speak against them on that. They they believe they have the real McCoy there. And I believe that they've got a gold box that looks probably identical or similar. Um, now, the actual Ark of the Covenant. So what um, what, what Ron believed, uh, well, what many believe is that the last time you see it in the text is during the time of Jeremiah. So, and uh, Jerusalem was besieged by the Babylonians under Nebuchadnezzar. So, um, they basically starved them out. So, um, it, Israel had catapults, so they could shoot catapults at any oncoming army. And what Nebuchadnezzar had done is just built a wall far enough back where those stones wouldn't come and just starved them out. Well, I mean, once you've eaten all the rats and you've eaten all the, you know, eventually it gets desperate in there. So, um, and Nebuchadnezzar and, and the Babylonians, they would have noticed a uh, big gold box leaving. <coughs> so, so the theory is that the priests uh, took all of those objects and uh, Jerusalem is covered with tunnels and kind of stashed them. <coughs> Sorry for this cough this morning. Uh, but then he had covered it with, um, uh, you know, kind of they, they, they had sort of locked it in one of these uh, these chambers with kind of cheaper materials. And that that's what Ron believed he had found was that they they'd found places where they, uh, uh, it, it looked like there would be a chamber that went further, but it looked like people had sort of plastered it in. And um, but that anyhow, when Nebuchadnezzar finally did take the city, that um, everyone was executed. And uh, uh, so the men that would know where it was would be dead. And there it would just sit for thousands of years. Now, it wasn't recorded in the artifacts that were taken by Nebuchadnezzar. And um, I mean, he took a lot of artifacts. He kept good records. Um, you know, it's believed he would have mentioned if he, if he took the, I think he would have probably well, the most prized thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He would have boasted it. Um, and, and it's just simply not, not in there. So the, I mean, the theory is that the priest stashed it. And, um, when Nebuchadnezzar finally ransacked the city, he killed the men who would have known where it was. And, um, and there's just sat there and that's a real plausible theory. And, and by the way, whether you were to go with Ron's account or you were to go with the, uh, uh, you know, the Israeli account of they were doing construction and they, you know, burst through and found it. Um, 
that it would just be stashed in a hole somewhere. Uh, it, you know, it, it actually very well could be. Um, I mean, it couldn't have left that Babylonian. If Nebuchadnezzar didn't get it, it couldn't have left the city. Right. Right. So it's funny. We had no idea we were either of us. We had no idea we we're going to talk about this, but it's fascinating. And so does the Ark of the Covenant play any role in the end times, like when the temp, third temple is built or anything? Do you know anything about that? Well, it, it I mean, um, I, well, so so the Israeli position on that, so they, they've remade like the tables of showbread and these other things. And when they're asked about the Ark of the Covenant, they say they don't have to replicate it because they've already got it. I mean, that's their... That's their now whether that's a publicity stunt or whether that's uh, they they really do have it. I mean, I I tend to think that they're telling you the truth. I think so too. Um, yeah, I mean, if they were going to make the temple, they're going to need all of those. Uh, they're going to need all of those artifacts. And and so again, that uh, more evidence from them, and you know, the the synagogue of Satan, as I like to refer to them. <laughs> Yeah, they're really going to do it. I mean, if it's in if it's in prophecy, uh, if it's in prophecy, then it's it, it's just simply got to happen. And yeah. um, but uh, but yeah, so I think one of the things you said you wanted to talk about was uh, was Mike Murdoch and the uh, um, the uh, which is a which is a, a leap from the Ark of the Covenant, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> Um, well, you know what? I, I, I usually like to get uh, my audience to to kind of get to know uh, someone's story. And uh, for the audience listening, uh, uh, Trey, I think it was a couple of years ago, you said on one of your videos that you were not going to tell the story anymore uh, because you didn't feel it honored God. And I didn't want to put you in an uncomfortable place by any means. But um, I really think that when people understand, you know, I think it's, it's the same heart, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and just, it, your story is amazing to me. Well, so, um, um, so yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't think that I, I, um, uh, he, you know, here's, okay. So here's what I really felt, Jeff, is that, um, um, is that um, a, a lot of these groups that were particularly the one that I was involved in, um, they, um, uh, they they really hated these TV pastors so badly. <laughs> and um, one of these groups was called the Trinity Foundation. And let me just tell you sort of what happened. Well, so yeah, I had committed a safe robbery on Mike Murdoch and I had... Um, I, I was really angry with him. I, I so Mike Murdoch was a pro prosperity teacher, essentially. He a, yes, he yeah. So what they called that was they called it the prosperity gospel. And so he he would, you know, um, he had taken all of the the passages that um, uh, where God was going to bless you and kind of put them together, and uh, and he was probably the best at it. He he. Um, um, he was probably the most articulate on the prosperity gospel. So Benny Hinn would use his lines and other people would use his lines. Now, here's the thing I'd like to point out, Jeff, is that all of those are actual scriptures that he's using. So, um, 
you know, he had, so the, the criticism of him would be that, um, uh, would be that he didn't focus on anything else, um, that he was just focusing on where God's going to bless you. Um, his retort to that would be, well, if you're going to believe God on anything, believe at least that he's going to bless you. Um, and there were a lot of times. So um, I had grown up with his son. And, um, and, and I'd like to also couch this like this, Jeff, that there were a lot of things that Linda had told me. Because uh, my mother and Linda, Linda was Mike's ex-wife. And she never changed her last name from Murdoch. Even when she got remarried, it was uh, Linda Murdoch Brown. Um, so she kept the last name even after she was divorced. And I, every time that I ever saw Linda <coughs> for pretty much my whole life, that's all she ever talked about was Mike Murdoch. And when Jason and I went there, and as a little kid growing up, I kind of perceived him through a very evil lens. Now he was, uh, he could do well at being a jerk, but one of the things I realized he wasn't anywhere near, you know, the level of jerkhood, if you will, that I had of him in my mind. And a lot of that came from Linda. And I'll tell you that when Linda died, my heart sank because there were, you know, my mother had told me there were some different things that Linda had said over the years that just were not true. And, she, Linda would say things that would lift herself up. So Mike's bad and Linda's good. Kind and, of a typical divorced thing to do. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and so, and Mike did plenty wrong, but so also did Linda. And, and to such a degree that when my mother had talked to me after Linda died, I was really kind of disheartened by it because I had, I had just hated Mike. And a lot of it was, <clears throat> had come from Linda well, um, so now that's very similar to um, uh, these organizations like the Trinity Foundation. And what they had done is um, um, actually played a very direct role in, um, um, in, in, um, and a lot of evil, to be honest, Jeff, because even if somebody didn't like Benny Hinn or uh, or like Mike Murdoch or like the Crouches that, that ran that ran TBN before they died. <clears throat> so the Trinity guys would go and they would dig through their trash. And I had and I had gotten invited to do this on quite a few occasions. And I just didn't. Um, uh, Pete had tried to talk me into going and crawling through people. They put face masks on. They had vans to go. It was kind of creepy if you think about it. And uh, and they would go and they had this big warehouse area, and they dump all the trash out and they kind of comb through it like pack rats. And if they found some good dirt or whatever, they would um, they would put it together. Now at that time, they were working with the. Uh, the Daily Show, which was John Stewart back then, um, whatever that guy is with the black glasses that's on HBO. The um, he, he was new at that. John Oliver. He was. New oh yeah, that. yeah. But they on so, so TBN I, was working with these guys. No, the Trinity Foundation. Who the was Trinity bad, Foundation? Who was bad mouthing? So this is the way this. Yes, they had a whole media section. They they would sit there with their little headsets on. <coughs> And listen for TV pastors to say things, and then they would take that cut out, mm. and they would write back and forth to the the TV. So they'd make a donation, uh, and then they'd document the whole thing. 
And then they would kind of package it up for those big comedy shows. Right. Now, now simultaneous with this, uh, they had these attorneys in both Tulsa and in, um, uh, and in Dallas. And when I had first got down there, uh, I was flown to go see some attorneys in, in Tulsa. And I was so excited about it, Jeff, because I thought, uh, you know, I didn't have anything. And I thought, well, this is a real this is a real big deal. You know, these are the, you know, wow, this is really neat. And I remember sitting with this guy and uh, he says, um, um, he says, look, if you can just remember these things and maybe you need to go back and think about it and all this. And they put me up for months and one of their, they own a bunch of city blocks down there in down there in Dallas. And I almost felt like a real broken man by the time I, I left there. So the attorney in Tulsa, he says, if you could just remember things in this certain way, and and I don't want to, you know, push you for what really happened, but I mean, you know, we all know that this guy's a scumbag. And so he, you know, look, uh, look, all I know is this, is that if, if you, uh, <clears throat> if you remember things like this, you, you and your family will be uh, taken care of. And here was the gist of it. The gist of it had to be that uh, that Mike Murdoch understood that he was stealing from people, and I and I kind of told them Pete and these other people. I said um, I said no, he he's a jerk, he's a royal jerk, uh, but he's also a, a genuine jerk. I mean he, <laughs> so it, 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 you know he um, um, uh, is sort of my opinion. I I, ca I can't stretch it to get it where you need it. I I just can't. It's just not what happened. And, um, and, and this got people upset with me. And, um, um, but I, I, I um, uh, so here's, here's my opinion, Jeff, on what goes on there. So largely those Bible studies over at that Trinity Foundation are largely FBI people. And back at that time, I thought that was could be special agent so and so, and this one so and so. In fact, one of them that went there, uh, real nice people. <coughs> one of them helped me get my car back when it was stolen. Um, but these are the same people that would go and kick in the TV pastors' doors um, for tax purposes, uh, and they would, you know, because that's always what it was. They've, you know, Benny Hinn hasn't done his taxes right, Mike right. Mike and and often at these meetings during the time I was there for months, they would have these whole lists of them up on chalkboards, Paula White, Creflo Dollar. And they would say, um, uh, how are we going to we got to put together a game plan to get these people. And what would it, I mean, here's the long and short of it, Jeff. The uh, so the the comedy, sh the claim comedy shows who are there just to cut down Christians. I mean, they, they don't care. So the Trinity Foundation guys are going to believe that they're doing the right thing because they've got these theological disagreements with these men. I think the truth of the matter in the time that I was there, Jeff, uh, is that they were just jealous of these people in a hardcore way. And you, you can argue Benny Hens off and Mike Murdoch, and you're going to be right on that. I mean, I, I told him Mike is a yeah. jerk, but he's also but that's also not illegal to be a jerk. And if you don't want a, a Madonna album, don't buy one. Yeah, and, and you can actually believe the stuff that you're selling, right? 
Well, yes, he did. I mean, I, I, I believe that he did. I believe that also he treated his son horribly. He treated his wife horribly. He did. And, and, and by the way, that's caught up with him. I mean, so <clears throat> um, he focused so much on making money that that's all he got. He's got some real pretty stuff, but he, he doesn't have a relationship with. Yeah. There's a lot can be learned from Mike Murdoch. Um, but according to the stuff, and I, I learned a little bit about the law when I was there, because according to the law, he actually, according to what they had set before me, he had, you know, he was guilty of being, you know, a, a grade A, um, a jerk, but not, not guilty of any crime, actually. And um, which, honestly, I'm kind of happy about because um, now here's another thing is that, okay, here's how that, this works, Jeff, in my view. Comedy show badmouse you. FBI agents kick your door in. You've created tax problems. Fancy law firms call you up. All the all the big name TV pastors and state, hey, it looks like you've got a lot of troubles. Why don't you just pay us fifty million or sixty million? These are big numbers, Jeff. These are numbers beyond. How do you think big amounts of city blocks are being bought out there in Dallas and stuff while they go on TV and tell you our organizations in poverty and we're just trying to stop these evil TV pastors? No BS. It, 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 it's um, in, in my view and I'll uh, it's uh, extortion in some legal sense. Comedy shows bad mouth you FBI agents. You did your taxes wrong. Attorney, a fancy attorneys call and say, hey, man, we'll, we'll just, you know, pay us a bag of money. And let's say for six or seven years, all of this will, uh, you know, go away. It looks like you've got a lot of troubles going on, man. Um, I, 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 um, I, I really came to feel in my, and it's what has cut down. Because see that those same organizations are not digging in Madonna's trash. They're not digging in Bill Maher's trash. Because they just want to make the faith, the way, look bad at any, at any, it's, it's, it's such a spiritual Bingo. war. Bingo. So, I, I mean, you could, you could, you can argue all day, well, Benny's not doing it right. And this one's not doing it right. And you're probably right on all of that. Now, let me give you another example, because there was some stuff that went on there that really disheartened me. <clears throat> that, um, in fact, I might do another thing and just talk about this stuff because there's some real bad stuff that happened, in my view, in the course of that. For example, back at that time in the effort to cut these men down, one of the ones that they went out after all the time was Benny Hinn. And, um, and one of the things they would do, because they'd found in the trash, they'd found, uh, you know, over time, a bunch of hotel receipts, okay, for like the, um, I think it was the Hilton or the Marriott or the Weston or whatever, and here's a here's a bill here for uh, $60,000. Here's a bill here for um, uh, $45,000. And they would like clockwork. They would play this before they told you anything about Benny Hinn. Look, look, he's, he spent $45,000 on a, on a hotel room. On this occasion, he spent sixty. dollars Well, so it was actually Barry Bowen over there who would, you know, kind of organize all of these, you know, little, little artifacts of guilt. And, um, and one of them was these hotel receipts. So I called one of these hotels and I said, um, I said, can I get a, um, I, I, I want to stay for a couple of nights and I understand you have a hotel room for uh, 60 grand. Can I, can I, can I pay you 60 grand for a room for two nights? And the people at the desk, they said, um, they said well, sir, I, I'm sorry, we don't have a, a room for, 
60 grand. I mean, I, I suppose we could just charge you that. And I said, okay, so you could just charge me that. And they came back and they said, no, sir, I've talked to the manager. We can't just, charge you. I mean, <clears throat> we do have some presidential suites, but we, they're just nowhere near that cost. I said, but if you're really wanting to spend that kind of money, you could rent our conference center for two days. Mm. And I said, you see what just happened? Yeah. See, it's all in perception, right? They just paint the perception. Right. So, so yeah, but that's actually a lie. So, I mean, what, what, what had been happening here is Benny is doing exactly what's on the billboards. He's renting the, um, uh, the actually he's taking an enormous risk because he's got to get that money back. Right. <clears throat> and that, that, so that $60,000, you know, receipt, you know, it looks like a big number, but this is the staff and the people and the conference center and several days there. And, uh, and it's not at all, what's just been portrayed that he just rented a $60,000 room because by the way, and, and this was being run on NBC and a, you know, a lot of these little things were, were being run whenever they needed to badmouth TV pastors on the mainstream news. And, uh, and nobody, I guess before me, had, and had bothered to call and say, Hey, do you guys even have a $60,000 hotel room? No, because they just want the narrative to go forward. They don't care about the answer. Right. 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 And, and even in, in all fairness, so Barry, who I was a roommate of mine for quite some time, he would track all their plane numbers and stuff. And a very good little guy. He actually was, um, uh, he actually was a very good man. He, and here again, he believed they were all evil. But some of the, he, his little head went down when I showed him that. I said, Barry, you realize, I, I, I don't think that he's just renting a hotel room and partying out in it. I think that he's rented the entire conference center, is, which would make sense in retrospect. It's it's like, oh my God. Um, but um, of people there, uh, Barry Bowen, who put together most all of their, their, their stuff for them. He was a great media guy. <clears throat> there was one time I came in and I said, uh, I said, Barry, what are you doing? Cause he would sit there with the phone book and, uh, and, and I had seen him do it several times, just going slowly through page after page. And he said, well, I'm praying for all of the names on the, on the, on the phone book. And I said, why would you do that, Barry? And he said, well, if I don't pray for him, maybe no one will. And um, so, you know, even in the midst of, I can tell you that I, I believe that those guys over there, they, they believe they were doing the right thing. Um, but I, I don't, I, um, particularly the people above Barry, I, I don't think they were doing the right thing. I think they were cutting people down to cut them down. And I think most of it, I mean, every other word was this one bought a jet plane or that one bought a jet plane. And I got to a point being over there with them where I said, so what? What is it to you? And I, and by the way, do the attorneys that get all. So when the attorneys go and they sue these people, Creflo Dollar and Mike Murdoch and Benny Hinn, and finally, you know, bulldog them out of tens of millions of dollars. You're telling me that these wicked attorneys y'all have got don't have jet planes. Yeah, they're flying coach, right? <laughs> right. You know, it, it's it's amazing. Listen, there's always been, a, because it's the perception and it's the prince of the air. It's what the narrative they want to do. They want to discredit 
uh, Christianity, you don't see the attacks on the Muslim faith. You don't see attacks on Buddhism. You don't see attacks on, uh, you know, Hinduism because there's only one faith that is set apart and it's called the way. Right. And so we're constantly getting attacked. And what's amazing to me, I'm just going to throw this out to, to you because, you know, they, if they really wanted to do damage, then they could pick on things that would actually damage the people, but they just want to damage the faith. So for instance, with Benny Hinn, and I've brought this out on my show before, and I've played the clips of him saying it, um, mm. you know, the necromancy, he, he's, he basically laid on the grave of Catherine Coleman and he claims he got his mantle from her. You know, and how he has his great healing power. And we've brought out that he's using Kundalini magic in his things. That's why he does these fireballs with his coat. It's actual magic that they're doing, right? And uh, But the news would never report that. Right. Because they want that to happen. Oh, there's, there's no shortage of wild stuff that any of these guys have said. And the, and the, um, and no, you're right about that. Uh, <coughs> um, the um, look, I you know here here's no you're right about that. I mean there, there's um, uh, if if you want to get some wild quotes, Benny Hinn has no shortage of them. <laughs> um, the um, uh, and 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 so Mike Murdoch and the other ones and um, and and I you know and I was a kid and I uh, um, see and I had wrong intents and it really dawned on I. I, 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 I Here's here's what I, I believe is that from the perspective of these uh, uh, these comedy shows and the other people that uh, in anything they could do to cut down uh, people that pe people believing in Jesus. But also that the other thing they fear, feared was that they really don't want anyone successful um, that it, that is believing in Jesus. And so some of the things. I had actually taken them a list one time because I got a little frustrated with them over there at that Trinity Foundation and with Pete who was out there digging in the people's trash. And I told him one day and I'm, I'm, I made fun of uh, Jan and Paul Crouch with the rest of them. Jan had the big pink hair. And in fact, she had a motor coach just for her dogs. And I jump on the bandwagon to make fun of this all day long. But I, I remember one day I said, I said, Pete, what if you saw Jan Crouch out there digging in your trash? Would that creep you out? You like, like, said someone in the crash and they looked up and it was Jan with her big pink hair. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, that's because she wouldn't ever do it, bro. And, um, and this was on one of the occasions because they wanted me to go. <clears throat> They're in Dallas and the Crouches were in Dallas. And so, um, yeah, they go crawl around through the, all through these people's garbage and put it in these vans and, uh, and, and lay it out. And then you've got people from big comedy shows, you know, the representatives from these, yeah, have you got anything? And so if you think about this logically, Jeff, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, what I was trying to express to Pete there is, is it, you know, I understand these people are silly, but it is kind of creepy what y'all are doing. And, um, and y'all have got giant comedy shows, the largest comedy shows in the world are sitting there and you guys are all concerned about what Jan and Paul have in their trash. Think how weird that is. 
And 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 um, <laughs> it is really weird, isn't it? <laughs> it it's not, yeah, yeah, it is. Y'all, yeah, what have you got, man? Uh, was anything good in there? And it, you know, um, but um, um, yeah, it is kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> so, so um, uh, yeah, and it's got to be kind of hard to live that way too, if you're if you're them, because. Here you, you've got this set of people that just are relentless and they're, you know, you know, they're going to be in the trash. Um, there's even signs, you know, just put the trash back, you know, and that's for Pete and these. And it's not just for if you think about this logically, it's not just for Pete or whoever that might be crawling in there. That message is like for the largest comedy shows on earth, you know. Like, yeah, you know, well, and the Inquirer is famous <laughs> for doing it, and you know, right. there's all kinds of things like that. But you know, Trey. So, what what's amazing about your story is, I, and I just want to kind of summarize it and tell me if I'm wrong. But you were really upset, and you wanted to make a difference when when you did the safe thing. Um, yeah, I, I, um, um, you, you know, I did, I, 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 I um. You know, Jeff, I don't I, I would have perf I, I would have liked to th think that was true. Um, I, um, I I think in retrospect, uh, uh, Jeff, that I, um, um, you know, I was a kid and I, I believed I, I believed a lot of things that I, I don't I wouldn't go redo it. I think it would. I, you know, first of all, I'm happy I lived through that because I was in somebody else's home. And when I think I, I've thought back on that a few times, like if I was inside there <clears throat> and let's say Mike had been in there or somebody else had been in there, I, I wouldn't be here today to. Yeah, to, that's to, right. Uh, so there, there, there have been um, I, I think at the time I, I really um, would have. Oh, yeah, no, this is the right thing to do and all of this. But that, I, I, I don't I. um um, well, Trey, when we're young, let's face it, our minds aren't working properly, especially young males. Some right. of the stuff that we've done, you know, I look back as like, I can't believe I'm alive today, you know, from some of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, uh, you know, and, and, um, but there is, there is also something to the, um, so, I mean, that law firm did have this list of stuff. And, and this really impacted me greatly because I had them come back and forth to this room that I was living in that they kind of put me up in. And, you know, have you finished the stuff for the attorneys there in Tulsa? And I never did. And I ended up <coughs> leaving and I felt so horrible with myself when I left because I thought, man, I just should have done that because I really, uh, you know, I mean, I could use the money for my family and this kind of thing. But afterwards, I was really thankful that I didn't because I could never run from that. That's right. And, but if I looked at the the, the list of and, and they didn't state make something up, that is not the way it was couched. But it was like, you know, if you think about it, you're probably going to remember you had dialogues like this. And the gist of it was that he that, that I had to have been engaged in direct conversations with him where he basically was mocking at laugh at at ripping people off. And, and this you was, had to they wanted you to sacrifice him to save yourself. Uh, I think they, I think they meant it. So the attorney that I met, well, I think they just hated him. So, and for personal reasons. So for example, when I went up there to, uh, to Tulsa, the first thing that attorney said 
is he said, I had told Mike Murdoch many years ago that one day I was going to get him and destroy him. And we're going to do that. And, mm -hmm. um, and he had a, this was an, it was an, an intimidating, you know, uh, the big mahogany tables and all of this and, um, uh, all sorts of little fancy coffees. And to me, it was a real big deal, you know? And, um, and, but I, I it, that statement kind of really dawned on me. It's like the, uh, a lot, like I, I, you know, I'm, I'm angry with the guy and this, that, and the other, but do I really want to destroy him? And, and also, can I, can I take, can I take, um, you know, um, um, it, it, okay. So it really also bothered me a lot, Jeff, that some of the things I would have had to have stated just simply wouldn't have been true. Yeah. And I, and I had at the time thought to myself, you know, I can do it. I can kind of morph it there, but I just never did. And I felt so relieved. It was like such a burden. I just took off, man. And, um, because I, I tried to, in my mind, you know, it's not, you know, it, maybe it's not that much of a stretch. Well, you try to justify things, but again, like you, uh, doing another wrong doesn't make a right, you know? So, the, the, yeah, the gist of the, so the gist of the, um, what would have had to have been true is that he had just spent his life just sort of ripping people off <coughs> and knew he was doing that. And um, and this is just what he enjoyed to do. And and that that simply wasn't the case. I mean, having spent time with him, I can tell you that he he treated people awful, in my view. Uh, and then sometimes he didn't. Uh, there were some times that that I you know, he he uh, he did help me with my car one time. And I had a lot of trouble getting around that in my mind because he came and he said, let me help you with your car. And uh, um but they, they um, he um, uh, would have had to have, um, uh, he would have had to have believed he was stealing from people. And I don't think so. He, 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 on any occasion that I talked to him, he um, pro probably believed in a, in a more aggressive way with the people close to him, the things he believed. And um, he, he did legitimately believe he was better than you. He believed that, you know, but, but all of those are not illegal and they're not. Uh, uh, <coughs> he believed you owed him 58 bucks. I promise you that. And that's the closest I can tell P. Not only is he not lying to you, he's angry. You have not given it to him, Pete. So the oh. So, I mean, so in truth, he believes if I keep saying this, that people are going to give me money and, you know, and they did. Yeah. And if they don't, then it's, uh, uh, they really have violated the Lord. And, uh, um, so, I mean, these are very different than, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the bottom, the bottom line is, is that, um, uh, you know, he, he was a jerk and I, and, uh, um, but, but on the other bottom line, guys, uh, you guys have to crawl in through his trash and that's going to make somebody turn into a jerk. And, um, so I, you know, um, um, I, I do believe, and if, if I were to, in retrospect, um, uh, ever do a presentation on it, I think the, uh, the, the, um, the objective of the, um, um, 
the people that were attacking and funding the attacks against those people, the, the people that were funding places like the Trinity Foundation, their intent had nothing to do with uh, Kundalini spirit like you were talking. It had everything to do with anybody stating the name of Jesus who was doing well at it. It doesn't matter what they believe. Right. And um, and that was their attack and focus. And um, <clears throat> and that became really clear to me uh, there at, at that Trinity Foundation. And I was very happy when I left there because the uh, I, I believe it was the Lord that delivered me from being there. Because had I gone had I had I gone any further had I gone any further, Jeff, that would be my entire life. Um, and I'm, and I'm really, you know, so for me, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful to, uh, even go to, you know, biblical sites or things like this because well, you've become quite a prolific filmmaker now. Uh, yeah. you, you've got a lot of material out there and, and I, and it, I know we're we're getting on in time, Trey, but I have to talk about your new thing that you have out now, The Last Prophecy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, I think we're, you know, I think we're going to win this thing. I, I, here's, okay, let me, let me tell you, okay, even last night, Jeff. So, <coughs> um, so um, Henry Schaefer, who was actually in that, he was one of the guys I've been friends with him for a long time. He does deliverance. Um, um, he, do, he does, uh, he does deliverance. And he was in that um, first Trump prophecy thing. And I remember in 2018, he told me this dream that he had, he said, um, he said um, that he was, um, it was very dark. And um, that there were these railroad tracks and there was no train on the track. He knew it was America, but it was dark. And he looked at his watch and it was a digital watch and it didn't work. And then he tried to pull his phone out and the phone wouldn't come on. And then he said there were these people and they had their heads down and they were walking down this track. And um, and he went up to one of them. And he said, ma'am, what what year is this? And she says, excuse me, sir. And he said, no, what year is this? And she said, sir, it's the year of 2023. And I, and I said to him, I said, Henry, that can't be right. Um, because Trump will be in there for two years. And this is what the, uh, the things say. And <clears throat> this has got to be a warning. You know, if we don't get our act straight, then this is, you know, some kind of a warning. Well, he, he was very adamant about it. Um, when 2020 came along and um, they were uh, people were doing the stop the steal and these kind of things. And I talked to Henry several times and he uh, brought that, that dream back up. And he said, he said, Trey, um, I don't think Trump is there. He said, I, I don't know what the railroad tracks mean, but he said, my first thought is this Trump train idea. And the Trump train is not there at that time. And, um, and he said in the, the watch and the, see, we were talking about EMPs in China earlier, and these have come up in conversation quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I, I believe, Jeff, that we're at war. And then that prophecy stuff, but it's an unconventional war. And the next parts of it probably have weather stuff. <clears throat> but at some point, you're going to see the enemies. And some portion of them are going to be China and Saudi Arabia. These people are not your friends. And they've been buying up stuff all over the United States. And if that continues, 
there won't be a nation. And um, so, I mean, you've just had thing after thing with the COVID thing, and now you're moving into the weather thing. And that's because the enemies are real. And I believe those are in those prophecies. So there's a real dark part in there where people are having trouble getting food. And, the, and, and Kim said there's power outages this way and this way and this way. Anyhow, back to Henry's thing. And I, and I talked to him last night very late um, on the phone. And I said, Henry, what do you think this means? Because where they were walking, it was dark, uh, like pure darkness, but or very dark. But where they were going, there was light. And um, here's what I think, Jeff, is that there's going to be big. I think that it took a long time for us to get here as America. And I think that even as part of that is some of the TV pastor stuff. We can say they're kooky and Benny's, he, man, he was hitting people with jackets for years. But, you know, he was stating the name of Jesus just over and over and over again. And, and they weren't just going after Benny and others. See, if they can knock the feet out from under those people, they can knock them out from anybody. And that's what the men focusing on that wanted. <clears throat> and a lot of the funding for it, I think, is the same funding for what um, you might be mentioning with people buying up uh, with the Black Rocks and this. They're buying up properties as they so they, they devalue something and then they buy it out cheap. This is what they did to PTL. If you, if you remember, this is what they did to Jim Baker. What was accused against him, if you go back and look in retrospect, he was accused of um, sleeping with um, whatever her name was, a secretary, six years before. Six years before. And it was his own friends that attacked him. And he, he was uh, 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 accused of fraud for selling too many hotel rooms with a brand new automated system that he had. And the, and the prosecutors were, oh, yeah, Jim's going to load his uh, uh, load his car up with cash and take off, take off to where? This guy was pulling six million views a day. He was the most watched man in television at the time this was going down and they destroyed him and they didn't destroy him because he slept with a woman in a hotel room six years before. And they did not, which by the way, he admitted to on every show. He's like, look, I, we worked this out. And we're like, this. So, um, no, they did it because he kept stating the name of Jesus. It was going to be the Jesus train, the Jesus hotel. The, uh, that's why they did it. Yeah. And, um, and they've kept doing it. They pulled God out of the schools. They pulled it. And that's how we've gotten to these hours that I think we're at, where it's going to, uh, it's going to be a little shocking. And I think it's going to be a little dark. And people tend to come to the Lord when it gets a little dark. And, um, and because none of, during the time where Jim Baker was number one on television, no matter what anybody thinks of him, and during the time that Benny Hinn was swatting them with the, with the jackets, you had a lot more of the Lord in the schools. You had it in the, see, it would be a lot harder for your enemies, Saudi and China, to make the case, oh, yeah, we're just buying up your subdivisions. Yeah, we're buying up your food plants. Yeah, we're buying up your, these are your enemies buying all of your things. It's treason. Yeah. You know, I, I watched the, uh, and go to Trey's Rumble channel, God in a Nutshell. And by the way, GodinAnutshell.com is his website where you can find all his resources. But he's posted it just recently, the last prophecy. Uh, and it's really discussion about uh, some of this stuff from Kim Clement that hasn't come out yet. And some of it's dark. But the one thing that you talk about on the one in the Rumble channel, Trey, is 
this time because, you know, we all know that Kim Clement had said that Trump will be here for two terms, but there's a time when he's set aside. Right, right. And I thought that was really interesting. And Kim Clement, I actually featured it uh, on this show probably a year and a half, two years ago now, but uh, the two presidents prophecy as well, which was very strange. And it kind of starts to make a little more sense now, doesn't it? It, it looks that way, right? What, what are they about to do with, um, um, I, I just, Jeff, I have a feeling that none of this is the way that it seems. Um, and they, okay. So here, here okay. And, in, in in the last time of kind of putting those together. So, because one of the big questions is when does Trump pop up again? <clears throat> I think when the, the war part becomes visible, I think you're at war right now. And I think you're at war with, you've got four countries that are in cahoots in those prophecies. So, and, and Donnie talks about the BRICS nations and the Lord showed him that too, but Kim kept talking about four nations. Those nations are China, Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Russia. Now, in the midst of these four nations, Russia will be the wild card, according to these. So basically, they all kind of thought they had this plan together to take, take down America. But that Russia probably cares less about that than it wants to get the oil. And Russia is going to turn on its friends. I, well, they were never friends. I think it was Iran and Saudi so turn on Saudi, who's the weakest one for them to go after. I that's that's in the prophecies. He's gonna yes. <clears throat> now that section of the prophecies where he's talking about Saudi Arabia, you're gonna have these heavy exposures that I think are far more. So the part where you see the gloves come off and things become scary here in the United States. So the part where like me and my family that we're we're like, okay, this is the moment you brace, right? Um is the, the day you wake up and all over the news is whatever the heavy stuff is, whatever, probably the, um, uh, probably the stuff tapes and all of that. The, uh, um, the, so you've kind of been walking through this process where, uh, okay, they're lying to you here. They're lying to you there. They're lying to you a little bit everywhere, but you haven't actually seen the hard nitty gritty dirt. Right. So, it's at that point, like we were talking about the EMPs and the sky. I, yeah. I, I think there's a connection between that point and the gloves coming off, right? And they're coming at you with the fist and the power and the communications go down. I mean, this is the best guess from, from looking at those things, but he goes directly from highly embarrassing moments when another Snowden arises. I don't think we've hit that point yet. I think you're on your way to it. And then people will become very afraid and they will say, we have no protection. Well, you know, it's, it's amazing with the, uh, with the laptop from hell, when it, when that story first broken before the 2020 election, there was a channel from China that was actually releasing some of the more grotesque things that were on that. And uh, let's right. just, let's just say, you know, both Joe and Hunter starred in it with with some very young uh, people. Yeah, no, I saw the clips you were talking about. I, 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 no, I know exactly what you're talking about, and, and that and has to come out eventually. And it's amazing to me that guys like Rudy Giuliani, who have had the slap, haven't talked about that. You know, they might have hinted at it, but they haven't talked about it. And I'm, 
I don't know why. So it, it seems to me that you're right. Things aren't as they seem. And, you know, uh, they say you're watching a movie. Um, I like to say we're watching scripted reality and obviously we can prove it because our Lord is the beginning of the end. He is the alpha and the omega. So it is somewhat of a scripted reality that we're watching and, uh, well, it's, it's going to be wild. I, uh, okay. So for me personally, Jeff, and this is, uh, you're probably getting close to the end of your show. So on, on, for me personally, um, I, I, Okay, I th I think that you're coming up on some real heavy stuff where there's going to be power outages and things, and um, the um, some so they've probably been blackmailing each other with stuff dealing with kids and and um, sex things with kids, and um, on on the day that people wake up and it's just a best guess on the day people wake up and those back channels are flooded with you know, things like the tape you're describing, but I know what tape you're describing, but yeah. I, I think there's worse stuff than that. It's probably stuff with kids and probably even hurting kids or, or killing them there. I say on the, you know, I don't know, man, but I'm stating that I'm guessing here, but I'm stating they've all been, uh, they've probably all been blackmailing each other. And on the day that that comes out is probably the day that you see the power outages and the, and the, uh, the no nonsense, um, because it's directly following that where it says people will become very afraid. <clears throat> and I think that the next time you see Trump come up again in the prophecies is in relation to um, is in relation to um, uh, actually stopping war. And, and which is which is it, because it says he will throttle the enemies of the West uh, in these whole sections of prophecies. Um, so I, I don't it's probably not going to be a court hearing about election fraud or any of that. In fact, he could well still be in charge right now. Um, but go ahead. But well, no, no, it's funny because I, I've been kind of thinking the same thing and it just, it seems to me just with, you know, collecting all the information, it comes from so many different areas and, and just, you know, trying to pray through it and, you know, God hasn't revealed, you know, everything to me, certainly. Uh, but I do think that we have to have our backs right against the wall. Like it, it's right on that verge of the scariest thing ever right. uh, when, when, when this thing breaks and yeah, I, I think that's how it's going to play out. I don't know the me mechanisms in there. Uh, I was telling you just before we recorded, so the Washington Examiner yesterday put out an article that, uh, you know, these balloons, everyone's talking about balloons right now, but that's like the most effective way to drop an EMP on the right. United States. And they're claiming this is a dry run. And to me, an EMP is one of the scariest things going because, you know, your car won't work, your phone won't work, How you can't check in on your loved ones who live you know, a half an hour drive away from you uh, because there's no right. communication, there's no transportation. So, um, you know, things like that. And, and and I don't know if that's what it's going to be. Maybe it could be something worse where, you know, there's a lot more death involved. Um, yes. But I think it's going to, is something, something dramatic is going to happen. Right. And then I think you're right. We'll, uh, we'll bounce back from there. Yes, yes, Jeff. We we um, 
Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, um, um, well, any way you cut it, my, my, my very serious speculation is you're coming up on the rough parts and, uh, um, and, and they do. So in the, in the profit and that word EMP has been used a lot. It, it's, um, um, it, it's interesting that you said that earlier. I didn't even think about that with the balloon, but, um, well, and Klaus Schwab's basically calling for it <laughs> in the last couple of months. Right. Right. The cyber attacks and this kind of a thing. See how, see how it's all a confusing form of warfare. It's a who really done it uh, kind of a warfare. And, it, and at some point in that, it becomes visible that you're at war. And um, that, that's just where, where I think you're heading. And I think all of these... So some of these posts that Trump has made from time to time, you know, I could solve this in a heartbeat. <clears throat> He's stating that for some reason. And so in, in that prophetic stuff, that is kind of where the turnaround happens. That, um, um, so I, I, I think that's sort of where you get Trump back. And I don't know what the two presidents thing means, but some, something tells me that the purpose of this man, Joe Biden, and also the Fetterman and the, the Hobbs out there in uh, uh, in Arizona, right? So you not you not only need people to lower the guard, um, but you need people for if there was a um, uh, a takeover, a set of catastrophic catastrophic events, uh, or another military that attacked us in some kind of a way, uh, so people there that would be plausible that hey man we'll. Uh, we surrender at the United States. See, that's a way to get rid of the Constitution and to get the United States out of the way is to install or to have weak leadership. <clears throat> and then when you're attacked, that weak leadership, I, I know it's, it's, it, it, this is, um, I, I can express this that I don't think the bad guys were joking and that it really will be the Lord um, that, uh, it will be evident that it is the Lord that saved us. And I think in those prophecies, when it says scary, it means scary. Yeah. So when, uh, let, let's just assume that when Trump comes back in, that that we're going to have a, a better time. You know, his name is associated with gold, as uh, as we've always said. And a lot of people think we're going into this gold-backed currency. Um, what do you think? When 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 he get through the real rough part, because I hate leaving a show on a on a hard part. But when we get through that rough patch and whatever it is, maybe it's Trump, maybe it's not. But what do you see life looking like at that point? Well, it's got to be it, it. It okay. So either those are real or they're not. Okay, and so, um, so th there are quite a few of his uh, of, of the prophecies with the Kim Clement stuff. Um, that, that go, um, that go beyond this. And, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of people out there that are arguing you're at the tribulation period and all of this. I, I honestly think that a lot of these prophecies are there to give people hope that that's not quite yet where we are. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe, maybe not, but I think you're going to have a time here. I think you're going to have a harvest where a lot of people come to the Lord. And that in that you're going to have some some good days, some extraordinarily good days, particularly here in the United States, because God said, OK, one part of them that's very telling to me is where Saudi Arabia, you kept the oil. You tried to deal with Russia. God says you did the wrong thing. But when you touched my church, 
<clears throat> but Saudi Arabia has persecuted and killed more Christians than you realize. And I have chosen now to hold them accountable. Uh, how am I going to do this? I'm going to prosper the nation that they hate most. And that would be the United States. So um, the um, these countries that are doing this to you, and I think the main two are Saudi Arabia and China, and probably Iran wants to be in the mix too. But, but the, the, see, these people have pretended to be a friend, and they haven't. And the Lord has seen that. And um, um, it's going to it's going to backfire on them, but some portion of it has to do with the financial systems. It has to because it has to. yes, um, it has to. They're run by Satan right now. Yeah, it, the fiat dollar has to disappear, and and even even just that alone, the transition of that uh, it. It can. It won't be seamless, despite what anyone else is telling you. I just don't see a path where it would be seamless. Right. Right. Um, it. Yeah. There could be hunger on the streets for a little while, and and even the EMPs that you're talking about will ca will cause that. But no, it's it, it's actually good to. Uh, uh, to, to, to place your show at this time, because it, 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 my heaviest opinion, Jeff, is that you're coming upon those and that that, that thought needs to be top on people's mind uh, that um, you, you need to. I mean, if I'm wrong, all the all that uh, it's cost you is you've got some extra stuff, um, but you need a way to communicate with friends and family members. It Don't think of it like it might happen. It's going to happen. It's coming. There, you you're you, you are at a point where um, you are at a point where, and it ain't years away. You know, I don't know if it's tomorrow, the next day, months, weeks, but it ain't years. And uh, <clears throat> you're in an unconventional war, and the bad guys are not joking. And um, the uh, the amazing part is that we've got we've got good cause to believe that the Lord is going to get us out of it at all. And I believe those parts are true. You know, uh, even without looking at the prophetic stuff, without looking at just just kind of that gut feeling, um, I've been telling my audience, you know, please go stock up on some stuff and and start thinking about this because I I agree with you. It's not uh, if it's when, and I do yeah. believe, I, and I agree with you. It's coming sooner. Uh, no one wants, wants to give dates or anything like that, but um, if, if there was a year to do it and, you know, just knowing how, you know, the, the occult part of this works and, uh, and, you know, Satan's behind it. And, uh, you know, uh, this year of 2023, there's uh, two twos and one three, and those numbers are kind of important uh, with the skull and bones and all that stuff. So uh, I expect something like that would happen this year because they want to fit it into their calendar into his timing. But you know, Satan's timing isn't God's timing and we don't, God does not bow to Satan's calendar. Satan is setting the stage for all of these things. He's setting, he, he wants revelation to happen. He wants to rise to power. He's prepared for it in every generation. And, but it's just now in these modern times when we can see, like, you know, back in the 1800s, people would have read Revelation and had no idea how this stuff would be accomplished. Yeah. Where now, we can see it. 
it's it's here, right? I yeah yeah you're um the um uh, no these are these are um my, my yeah Jeff these are so so this is the so in that dream that Henry Schaefer had and I and I um and I'm I'm I was talking to him last night and I and I and that and that dream that he had see because he doesn't have that kind of stuff all the time he always told me about that dream and this is a man that does if there were anybody that i would go to for deliverance it would be henry and i know a, a lot of different you know dudes over time that do this or do that and i think they you know more enjoy you know getting some weird stuff on film which, which is fine but that's not henry that's uh henry really can he will tell him in the name of He's, he's the real McCoy. He's who I would go to. And I will tell you, he never stopped talking about that, that dream that he had. And for whatever cause, and, and it was dark and it was America and the power was not on. And, uh, <clears throat> and I, I, um, I, I believe that whatever the Lord was expressing in that is we're, we're there because when he went up to the woman and he said, what year is this? And she said, sir, it's the year of 2023. And wow. see, and this was in 2018. And I and I told him, I told Henry repeatedly, I said, it cannot, you know, that just can't be because you're going to have Trump. For, it's probably a warning if we don't get our act together. And, and that was what I wanted to thank. Yeah. But remember that because how could it be? Because you would in 2023. Well, you'll because I told I, I told him back then, I said, uh, I said, no, you, you need to worry when Trump is gone from that second term. See, I, I think the Lord has worked this out because I was really worried about that. So, so were other people. You'll have a Trump. And then after that, they're going to hit you like no tomorrow. I think the I think one of the most brilliant plays in history will be uh, letting that election go, having the Joe Biden time period and um, <clears throat> and that you're you're going through some form of war and it's going to become visible. But um, and I. You know, I know that in Henry's thing, it was specific to 2023, and that was even in 2018 when he first told it to me. And uh, and I couldn't, for the life of me, I was still bucking Henry on this when they were doing all the stop the steal and all that. I, I said, Henry, he's just got to go back in. I, I never would have thought of, you know, he's just got to. And Henry told me, he said, no, Trey, he's not. He's, he said, that, I'm just telling you. That the Lord showed me that you're you're coming on uh, that to clean this thing out, people are all going to have to see it, and um, and that's one way that people will see it. <laughs> Is right. that you can't deny it uh, when it when it affects everyone, um, you know. And that's why I say when you prepare, get, get you know if you can, if you're able, get some stuff for your neighbor as well, you know. We're called to love thy neighbor. There's not a better time than uh, if they need some food. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to encourage everyone to go to godinanutshell.com. Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm telling you, it's from my own experience. I've learned a lot. It's built up my faith. Uh, Trey is a great resource, and he's got a Rumble channel as well. Uh, you're you're on YouTube, but I think we're all transitioning away from it uh, now. So go to God in a Nutshell on Rumble, and you'll be able to get his stuff. And uh, he's also Trey Smith is also on YouTube. But thank uh, you very much for that. 
Thank you. No, it, it, it's listen. I, would you come back on? That's yes, my. I would. Yes, I would love to. And and uh, you know, and guys, we're we are going to um, uh, we are going to have victory in this, and we we are going to have and and also uh, some of this stuff. I mean, we we don't know the depth of how dark it will be. And the Lord said not to have a spirit of fear. This is, we're cleansing it out. It's like a, like a cancer, you know? So if you had cancer and you have to go in and get it cut out, you don't really want to because it's going to hurt. and it's, But it will be gone on the other side. And, um, uh, and we've got a real bad cancer here in the United States. Yeah. And, uh, and, and if you think about it logically, there's not a lot of ways for it to be ripped out of there that, that aren't going to hurt some. But it's going to hurt the people. So, so the people that you see out there that are, that are um, not thinking about any of this, uh, they're going to be the, they're going to, they're, they're going to be the ones that are most devastated by any of it, because how can it, how can it be? Um, well, it's overwhelming. We've had years to be, you know, to get used to hearing all this stuff. It's taken us years to get there. And if it's all revealed, like bang, that's right. Um, right. Well, and then, then there's the other side of the fence that there's a, a lot of guys that are <laughs> be very disappointed if it doesn't, because it, it, you know, and then otherwise, uh, you know, what what good was it to uh, to build all these bomb shelters and <laughs> like, you know, if you don't get to use it, then I, that's no fun, right? Oh, I I gotta tell you what I I won't say it right now because uh, it's a bit of a rabbit hole, but. Next time we could gotta talk, I gotta talk to you about the, the bomb shelters. <laughs> the Lord showed me something. It's really fun. Okay. So well, that sounds great. Um well, thank you very much for the show today, Jeff. I really appreciate that. Yeah, Trey, I really appreciate coming on and it's just a really enjoyable conversation. And uh, and you're you're a really great guy, Trey. So I'm glad you were on the show today. And uh, as I say, go to God in a nutshell, uh, search him out. It's, it's worthwhile, definitely. And in the meantime, remember to love your God, to love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. All right. Cool, man.